0: gave the wrong scripture today. <laughs> uh, that was all on me. Um, good morning. Uh, thank you uh, for everyone who's been involved with Service Chase. Awesome job. Love to see our uh, teens up here doing some stuff that, like that. That's pretty cool to me uh, and, and Tyrone for working. And everybody, you know, we had some lights go out, but, you know, we're still running. It's all good. But our scripture reading today is going to be Philippians 1, 9, through 11. So I sent four on accident. Uh, so I'm going to read that now. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So like I said at the beginning of service today, we're starting a four-part series. We're going to go through Philippians, but our main focus is going to be this right here, partnership in the gospel, this idea of uniting together. And Philippians is a really popular book to study. It's one of the letters where Paul is in prison and things seem to be going bad for Paul as a person, but great for the gospel as a whole. So today we're going to be digging into this, what it means to partnership to have a partnership in the gospel and emphasize Philippians chapter one. Next week, Calvin's gonna bring us a message from Philippians two, and then we'll go three and four uh, the weeks following. Uh, but today, we're gonna be in Philippians chapter one. And to start things off, I want you to think of something that you could have more and more of. You know, this idea of I could say more and more and more and more. As a kid, my response probably would have been ice cream. I love ice cream. To this day, I still love ice cream. Uh, I I can't eat as much as I used to as a child. It hurts my stomach too quickly. I I used to be able to take down a Ben and Jerry's. Not anymore. That's a three-part series for me. Uh, I can't do it. Uh, I know some people who can just still do that. I just cannot do it physically. I wish I could, uh, but I can't. Um, As an adult, you know, um, I think about the thing I want more and more of is time, right? The things different as a child and as an adult, more and more time, I see my friends are just now starting to have kids. I had kids a little bit earlier and they have, like, little babies. You know? I. Th- sidebar, I think the infant stage is overrated, in my opinion. It's way overrated. They're cute, but they don't do anything. Like, it's so much more fun where they're smiling back at you. That is awesome. Where they're able to, like, you, you hold their hands up with your fingers and stuff and I wish I could go back and have I, no. I don't wish I could go back. Okay, <laughs> but the more and more idea of time, like the time spent, in, in just enjoying that time. Maybe some you can think of something for yourself. I know for me, whenever I get a new TV show that I really like, and I start I'm like, oh, these first two episodes are awesome. And I see how many seasons are there. I'm like, there's eight seasons of this show. That is awesome. I want more and more of this show. You can think of your own example in your own life, but we have those things that we just want more and more of in our lives. And as we read Philippians chapter 1 from this section here in chapter 1, Paul is asking us to have this mindset, this more and more mindset. It's actually a tricky thing in uh, the Greek language when we hear this. It's really supposed to emphasize for us that this is important, okay? More and more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And we're going to get to those two things. But in order for us to understand those two things, knowledge and depth of insight, we have to understand the context that Paul is talking to us about here. And it's very important, okay, because this stood up to me. As I read Philippians chapter 1 several times through the week, I kept coming back to here and I said, "I I need to camp out here because this is a weird verse to me. I'm going to read it again. And this is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And honestly, the more I read through it, and I think I skipped over this part, because it would make sense for me just to read it like this, and this is my prayer that you abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. But Paul inserts this word "love" before these two things, connecting them in a, some kind of a weird way. This is my prayer that your love may abound more. And more. More and more. And in order for us to understand that second part of knowledge and depth of insight, your, your um, translation might say discernment or perception, I think we need to understand what kind of love Paul's talking about here. Okay? And if you look at the Greek, uh, I don't have to go through this you know, in, in great detail, but the word love that he uses there is agape love. And we know that there's a few different types of love when it comes to Greek language. Our language kind of butchers this word. We overuse it. We underuse it. We don't use it correctly. But the Greeks had different kinds of words to talk about this word love. But here, Paul is talking about agape love. And what I mean by that, that is a godly love. That is a self-sacrificial love. That is a I-put-you-before-myself type of love. And it's even more emphasized by what he said before, verse 9, where he says, God can testify how I long for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. Literally what he's saying, and I don't mean to keep going back to the Greek, but I just find this interesting, is that he's saying that in his bowels, right, he longs for this with the affection of Christ Jesus. And when the Greeks, they talked about their bowels, That's their everything. That's their body. That's how they move about the world and think through things. They think with their guts. And Paul is saying that is the type of love I'm bringing to this equation, that your your love may abound more and more in knowledge and insight. This is not just a like. This is not just a general acquaintance. This is an agape, selfless love, and we need to get that in order to get the next part we're going to talk about here. So um, not only is Paul in chains, but he's yearning, like I said, from his bowels, from everything he is. And he expects the same from the people in Philippi. And the cool thing about this is I think that he could expect the same thing from us. And I think Jesus does expect the same thing from us. That we want more and more this self-sacrificial type of love in the world. And not only that type of love, but more love in depth of insight and in knowledge. I did that backwards. In knowledge... Depth of insight, and if you're like me, that makes you pause a little bit because I ask myself the question, "Wait, my love needs knowledge? I thought love was love, you know. My love needs insight. How can that? That doesn't make sense." But it absolutely makes sense. Your love definitely needs knowledge. Your love definitely needs insight. If you truly want to have a partnership in the gospel or a partnership at all in this world, your love needs knowledge and your love needs insight. So my question is, what does this mean for me? Okay, all this is great. We need to abound more and more in love in knowledge and depth of insight. What does it mean for me? I think the biggest thing for your love to abound in knowledge, you need to know how to love that person. Okay, it's not just about saying, "Oh, I love you." I love you. I'm gonna and and like just also another sidebar. I've always had a difficulty with the golden rule a little bit. Not to say that it's a bad thing, but it says treat others how you want to be treated. You know, that's how we say it in the in the classroom. But sometimes I don't want people to treat me the way they want to be treated. You know what I mean? You see where I'm going with this? Because I have a different way of moving about the world. If you talk to me in a way that you want to be treated, we might not see eye to eye, right? You know those people in your life that the way they communicate is yelling, right? And sometimes you got to yell back to that person, but if they come at you and they're like, I want to be treated this way, I want to be direct, I want to be yelled at, I don't want to be yelled at. Is anybody with me? Does anybody, I don't know, you might like to be yelled at, who knows, but you see what I'm saying. In order for uh, your love to abound more and more in knowledge, you have to know how that person wants to be loved or needs to be loved. For example, my wife likes to receive gifts, and it's not like crazy gifts, okay? She likes M&Ms, okay? Who, I mean, who doesn't like M&Ms? So for me, a way that I can communicate my love for her is that when I fill up the gas tank at the you know, gas station, if I happen to go inside... I'll get some peanut butter M&M's. And if anybody wants to bless Michelle Devine's life, you can go leave her some peanut butter M&M's on her desk. Okay? That is a way you know that you can love Michelle Devine. For me, I'm pretty simple. But the best thing my wife has ever done for me, it was like a really hot day, and I decided to mow the grass at like noon, which is a bad idea. And Michelle's like, I gotta go to Publix really quick. And I'm out there like drenched in sweat. I go back inside to get a cup of water, and I open the refrigerator, and they're lying in front of my face is a public sub waiting for me to eat. And man, that was awesome. Maybe my love language is public subs, I guess so, and I'm not ashamed of it. But we know how to love each other, okay? And we've grown through that. We met in high school, and it's been a gradual learning experience of how to love each other. It wasn't always perfect. I messed up, she's messed up, we've all messed up but it's a gradual knowledge of getting to know how to love that person in order to make them feel loved. Because you might be thinking, well, so how can you love someone you know, badly? You know it when you see it. <laughs> you know it when you see it. I had a friend in college, probably the smartest person I've ever met in my life. Incredibly smart. He was, you know... Not only was he gifted mentally, but he he was like a bodybuilder. You know, he like he could eat whatever he wanted to, and it didn't affect him. You know, like he was like a perfect human being. He was so smart that we'd be sitting in Greek class, and um, he wouldn't study. He'd get like a hundred on the test. He was so smart that our Greek professor actually took him to Greece with him on a study abroad program for free, as an aide. This guy was intelligent. But one thing he was not intelligent at—that's the reason why I'm not naming names right now is he did not know how to love people. He was kind of rude to be around. He had a reputation. You could be around him for about a day or so, and that's the limit. He and I were in a a bachelor uh, party thing, like the groom's party, like the groomsmen. And the first night, I was like, man, I miss this guy. The second day, I wanted to never see him again. You know what I mean? I didn't want anything to do with him. But to me, like, when I was thinking about what does it mean to not love someone, that's it because he was, he's just loud. He's obnoxious. He doesn't understand that, like, how to have a normal conversation after a long period of time. He's got to be right. You got to be wrong. It's always an argument. He doesn't know how to love people in the way they need to be loved, his way or the highway. We know these people in our lives. Are you with me? It's like, do you actually know who you're speaking to? Do you actually know me? Do you actually care about me? You might be showing love to me, but you aren't showing love to me. And what Paul is talking about here, if we truly want to have a partnership in the gospel, we got to hit this out of the park. We've got to know how to love other people. And that involves time. That involves learning. That involves intentional time spent understanding where that person is coming from. Okay? because not everybody can be loved the same way. There are people in my life I know that I have to stand up for myself and talk directly to, but that's okay because that's how they communicate. You see what I'm saying? When I first, I'm sorry, this is like a very story-heavy. I apologize if you're, if you're kind of not with me here, but my very first week in youth ministry, I was teaching class, and there was a, I was going around asking questions, and this one girl like, I asked her a question, and you would have thought that I, like, slapped her in the face. She did not want to speak up. She was very reserved. And I learned from that moments, okay, I should not call her out in class like that. But she was one of the most talkative people when we would go off and we'd do something together. You, 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 you understand what I'm saying? Like, you, we know these people. You know what I'm saying. But what I'm trying to drive home is that if we want to have partnership in the gospel, we need to abound more and more in love and knowledge of that love with our brothers and sisters to truly partner together. Abound more and more that your love may abound more and more in knowledge. The second thing... That Paul, that Paul talks about here, is depth of insight. And this one's a little more nuanced, a little more tricky. It sounds a lot like part A, but it's a little bit different, okay? Because the way that I kind of read this is that when you give insight into something, that means you kind of might be a little bit of an expert in that, right? If you, you know, listen to sports or news or whatever, they're like, we're going to, you know, get this person to talk about this situation and give their insight on the situation because they know more about it. You with me? And so when I see this and when I read this, I think Paul is asking us to abound more and more our love to, and depth of insight, to know when to love people. It's a little bit different, okay? Just stay with me. It's a a little bit different to know when to love people. Because after you know them, after you know how to love that person, you need to know your boundaries too, okay? You need to know when to go to their house and bring them a meal or when to back off. I know it's hard for some of us to do that, but sometimes the best thing to do is to back off. And I've been in ministry long enough, I've been around church people long enough to know that a lot of people are good, have good intentions when they reach out, but sometimes it's not the time. And this is really hard to learn because you think you're doing good, you think you're loving that person the right way, but you're actually doing more harm than good because you're not letting your love abound more in depth of insight to know when that love is appropriate. I've had people come up to me and say, hey, like we should pray for this person. My first question is always to say, have you asked them if they want to be prayed for? That might sound weird, but sometimes people don't want to know your business, or to know what your business is out in the world, right? We want to get this group together and pray for them. Have you asked if they want that? (laughs) There have been situations where I've gone to someone and said, you know, I've been sharing a deeply pertinent like." I don't want that prayed for in front of a bunch of people. I think about um, well-meaning people where it's like a, a disaster happens. And like We need to go. We, we need to pray for those people. It's like, yeah, we should pray for those people, but those people actually need food and water first before we do anything else. It's about timing. You see what I'm saying. Depth of insight is very difficult, but if you practice it, the more and more you practice it, the better you are at, going to, uh, excuse me, at partnering the gospel together. These two things growing more and more and more, dot, 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 more, 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 more. In knowledge and depth of insight, let your love abound. These two things come easier when it's rooted in that love I talked about at the very beginning. Because, you know, you can be a a generally nice person and you can know your place, but if it's not rooted in selfless love, everything else is kind of worthless. You with me? This agape Selfless love is what's going to get you to say, hey, how can I love this person? When can I love this person? And what am I doing now so that we can partner in the gospel together for a very long time? Rooted in selfless love. This is the true basis for partnership in the gospel. Are you willing to allow your love to abound more and more? That's the question because it's really cool to, come to church on Sunday, like, I like to be around people, I generally like people, okay, Um, generally, not all people, right, Uh, that's a joke, Um, I just like to be around people, and you know what, I could, if I was, like, just not, like, involved with with the staff, I would just like to come here and be around people, good people, and I could leave, and that's a great thing, but are you willing to invest the time it takes to actually know the people you're worshiping with? And I say this in youth ministry all the time. It's actually what they say in recovery. It works if you work it. Right? It works if you work it. A preacher friend of mine would say, it works if you work it. It hurts if it don't, so work it, because you're worth it. Right? And I think these relationships are truly worth it. But are you willing to invest the time it takes to grow more and more in love and depth of insight for your brothers and sisters in Christ as we partner in the gospel together? Uh, let's pray and we'll uh, sing a song. Lord, I thank you for this time and I thank you for giving us the space to come and to just be together. God, just the simple act of coming together is uplifting. I'm thankful for everybody in here, the people I don't know so well, the people I know a little bit better. Help us to continue to mesh together, to be entwined in each other's lives, to say, we are partnering together. I might not know everything about you, but I'm willing to learn to abound more and more in love, in knowledge and insight with you. Help us to pursue that as a church, as we partner together. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have any needs at all, we are always excited to receive them. If you want to talk to somebody, you don't want to come forward, but we'll have someone back, uh, one of our shepherds back there to pray with you. But if you have any needs at all, please come while we stand and we sing.